Yo, yo, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Nick Caputo. Welcome to the Grub from the Garden podcast. This is episode number 13, and we're talking about an incredible weight loss journey by my boy here, year-round finesse. What up, bro? Good to have you on here. I am uh, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Very blessed. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. For sure, for sure. So, uh, oh, by yeah, the way, people, by the way, people, yeah, I go, um, my name is D- DJ, uh, DJ the Finesse Kid, um, and year-round finesse is my personal lifestyle brand, so I do appreciate you having me on here, Nick. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy how um, how this world has brought us together, man. It's, I think like mm, like five months ago when I started following you, I was like, damn, you know what? This fucking guy, he's 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 onto something, and. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna talk to this guy. He he just knows um, what he's talking about. And there's just something about you. I don't know. If, I don't know what your sign is, but uh, it was something about you that I had to, uh, you know, manifest us us coming together and talking, bro. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, I remember you reached out in my DMs like a while ago, and I looked at your page and I was like, yo, holy shit! Yeah. I saw your transformation. I was like, damn. And I was just like, all right, I gotta see what he did. Like I'm, I'm curious. Like I want to know what he did. Yeah, I uh, that was that was the uh, one of the million dollar questions because I'm gonna be a millionaire by the end of this year, man. Putting that out into the world. So, you know, I figured if I, I manifested that. us talking, I'm gonna manifest that. So, nah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's how it works. Clarifying what I, how I did it, and has been the. Of course, a fucking bird comes here right now. I don't know if you can you hear me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You're good. Okay, okay, I hear cool. it, but I hear you. Okay, so uh, that's fucking funny. Um, but yeah, just how did I lose the 300 pounds in uh, 18 months? You know, there was a lot of, for sure, planning. There was a lot of, who am I? There was a lot of low times that, that are going to be released more in my in my documentary, and then there was more the the triumphs that that which was majority of my uh, journey, the grind, um, the late nights, the early mornings. I realized now. Oh, I lost you for a sec. We'll give him a sec to come back on. Can't hear you. Hmm. Nah. Now I hear you. Okay, perfect. Sorry about that. I was getting a call. Shit. True. Yeah, it's, it said your network connection went down to red, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" Of course, we talked. Of course, we were just we talking live, and then as soon as we start, <laughs> it's yeah. hilarious. Um, but yeah, I um, I had to go through so many different perspectives of losing one of during the weight loss, and I didn't really have anybody in my family to look at, you know, to uh, give me some game on how how to get here. Um, so it was just, man putting it all into myself and uh, putting it all into something bigger than me. And uh, that's how I kind of got here, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. The journey is a lot more than a physical, I would assume. I mean, from everybody that I've coached in, in weight loss, I mean, I haven't had a client who's been as drastic of a transformation as you, but I've had some pretty drastic ones. And yeah, I mean, I wrote a book about the emotional side of, you know, fasting or just any kind of like food density reduction, weight loss journey type thing. Like, yeah. 
for pretty much everybody, it's super emotional. Even for myself, I didn't have a lot of weight to lose, but even just fasting and kind of, you know, reducing the density of my food, it's it's yeah. emotional. Like, you know, old parts that you've been holding on to, old shit that's been stuck in you for a long time, childhood traumas, all that shit starts to come to the surface. So, I mean, I'm curious to hear how, how that was for you. Yeah, I mean, you, you articulate that well. Um, honestly, I've, you know, even though I've... Uh, I have an interesting perspective on the inside of, you know, the weight loss, um, you know, talking about childhood traumas or things that might've been triggers for me to get to that, to even get to that point. Um, something I had to come to grips with and I'm like, Oh damn. So this is really what it is. And so, um, now that I've at that, um, now that I'm at this point, I hindsight, I can look back and say, okay, th this makes sense. Why I would, you know, something bad happened. It would be eating, you know, to make me feel good. Or uh, I was happy, I was eating, you know, it was it's always something emotional tied to it. And um, and then also on the other side, which the longest I went without eating was 64 hours. So I've done a 64 hour uh, dry fast and then other fast, but not dry. Um, and then I understand the clarity that I've had and like, damn, I really realized the, the difference of, man, I was super emotional. Or when I do eat something right after that fast, I, I feel it, you know, the emotion coming back and saying, damn, let's let's get back to this person. Let's go back to this guy that you used to be. You know, that's where comfort is. Let's get back to, you know, fucking eating three packs of ramen noodles at, at 8.50 in the morning, you know, to start your day with some probably some chips and not even, you know, giving a fuck about the label, you know. So uh, it's definitely been... Um, Shit, a whirlwind, a, a roller coaster, all of that put wrapped into one. Um, but ultimately, I feel the more the more by my myself, I, I, I the way I isolate and when I fast, I know that's when I'm most connected and I can't get off of my path and I can't go back to that person that I was. You know, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peace, peace. I um, so for for my myself, I guess I can ask you what is um, because some people might know you as a breatharian, even though that's a lifestyle we've talked about it. Um, what what would you say a breatharian is? Because that's my I guess first initial question. That's how I kind of first saw you when I when I found you on social media. Um, actually, that dude Steve Bean. I seen his post. He posted you guys were working together because I had a yeah. lot of injuries. And I'm like, damn, I need to change my movement. And I've just been working on that. And then I went to your post about um, about people's inflammation and people's muscle being about waste. And I was like, damn, okay, well, what's he talking about? Let me let me let me see what he's talking about. And then I saw the term breatharian. I was like, oh shit! I started watching all these videos. I think you have a video with that guy with the dreads. Uh, I don't know his name. Taylor Bud. Maybe okay, him. yeah, and um, and so. That's how I first started to, you know, find you out. And uh, so, yeah, if you could just explain what that is and, you know, your your experience on that. Yeah. So, I mean, people kind of like interpret it differently. My interpretation, I mean, the common interpretation is breatharian, meaning you're not eating or drinking anything and you're only consuming mm. breath. Like air is the only thing that you're consuming. Now, I mean, there wow. are people throughout history that have done this. You know, there are theories that, you know, civilizations of people that didn't eat food and didn't go to the bathroom existed throughout human history like more prevalently wow. and like only really in recent times have we started eating like the interpretation of the 
like story of Genesis in the Bible of like Eve eating the apple and like the first time a human eats, that's like the original sin. That's like the original like move against self or against God mm. um, in that story. And I mean, it can be interpreted in several different ways, but that's one way that I've different heard ways. Yeah. So, I mean, the typical breatharian interpretation is that is not eating or drinking anything that we're not eat, okay. not supposed to eat at all. And personally, I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, I either okay. see I, I already see all of us as breatharian because we are consuming more breath than we are consuming anything else. So okay. usually, like you know, if you're a fruitarian, you're eating like more fruit than anything else. And if you're eating, you know, whatever, vegetarian, more veggies, no meat, whatever. So it's like kind of like isolating your diet and kind of giving you the label. So, I mean, okay. if you think about like what all of us are, like think about how much like the volume of, of air, of breath that you actually take in all day long. And yeah, I mean, it's way more than the amount of food and water that you take in all day long. So yeah, not only that, I would way say more. that like we eat food for its breath content. So like, you know, you're eating food for nutrients that that plant created through its breathing or the animal that ate the mm. plant and, and fed that its breath. So you're eating food yeah. for breath content. So even if you're eating physical food, you're still a breatharian because you're only eating that food because there's breath energy invested in it. Everything comes out of an organism more nourished than it came in because that organism mm -hmm. is feeding breath. So from that perspective, I see us all as breatharians, whether we want to call ourselves that or not. But we are, you know, in a matrix that is fueled and created through breath. And I talk about this in my class, Breath or Boot Camp, that the breath is not yeah. just air. Like air isn't breath. We take a breath of air, but the air is not the breath. The air is like the medium through which we breathe in one way. But like basically Shit. if you think of what breath is, breath is like the rhythmic like change in pressure. It's a rhythmic exchange. So like anything that's happening, anything that's being exchanged, like yin and yang, inhale and exhale, yeah. giving and receiving, like, magne like magnetism almost. Yeah, it's all it's all breath. It is all the rhythmic change. Like I love using the skateboard example. I did a YouTube video of me on one of those carver skateboards where you carve back and forth, and yeah, you know, that skateboard is being fueled by breath. My rhythm, you know, I'm going heel toe, heel toe. It's a rhythmic change in pressure that I'm applying to the board. That is the breath yeah. that is fueling that skateboard. It doesn't need gasoline. It doesn't need fuel. Right. It doesn't need food. It doesn't need anything except that rhythmic change in pressure to keep the board going. So humans yeah. are no different. All we need is rhythmic change in pressure. You could listen to a song and it could jack you up to go through your workout or get through your set more than any kind of physical food ever could. Right. And I mean, if you don't believe me, go for a run and turn off the music mid-run and feel how fucked it feels when you turn off the music. So Damn, I never thought about You feel like you just, you just cut, you just took, you know... You just took the IV out your arm or whatever. You just, you know, whatever. So it's really like that rhythmic change in pressure that we really, that we really feed on. And that really is what breath is. And if you look at like, you know, my overall concept that earth is a cell and that like, you know, this whole flat earth concept that we're in the firmament, in the dome, that that is kind of, and I hate the word flat, we're in textured earth. It's 3D. Mm. But, um, you know, that firmament, that, that firmament that's on top is you know, like the cell wall. So like earth is basically a cell of a larger organism. Every cell in your body is basically its own earth. So like we're inside of this macro organism that we're a cell of. And this whole thing 
is breathing. This big dude that we're inside of is breathing, and that's what's powering all of the cycles inside us, just like your breath is powering all the cycles inside the cells inside your body. So yeah. it's all breath, and it's all feeding everything, and all these cycles of Earth are all just manifestations of breath. Everything in the physical world is. So yeah. that's like my full perspective on why I still align with breatharianism, even though it's not about not eating and drinking. It's yeah, and most and most people are going to have a close, I imagine would have a close perspective to even, to not even sit, have long form and hear you explain each, you know, each level of breatharianism and how it's so much different than what we've been, you know, taught our whole lives. Yeah. And even I, I once people start to learn about breatharianism, they're kind of misinformed, you know, mm. like they, they, they learn about these dudes like Pralajani or like, you know, some dudes that, that claim that they don't eat and drink like Elatom and they're just straight lying to people. And mm. I mean, when I said I wasn't eating, I really wasn't, I was just doing a long fast, but I wasn't even claiming to be in the breatharian state until I really was. And honestly, when I was in the wow. breatharian state, I wasn't even on this social media shit. I was feeling that and being present in the moment and doing my thing and then talked about it afterwards. Once I came Hell back, yeah, that's the, that's the shit right there. When you go away and start grinding and do, I mean, grinding in, in many forms, right? Like, yeah. You might, I'm sure day 26, you're like, fuck, like you're in a certain place where you're just like, you're not grinding, but grinding is like how, how far your mind is telling you and your body's healing and you're listening to yourself and you're, when you're with yourself, you, you know who you really are during those times, you know? So there's so many different levels. Um, and I imagine, you know, during this process, when you came back and you came back from the mountaintop and let people know after it was 45 days you went. The longest one I did was 126. Fucking hell, geez. Okay, so so after day 126, when you come back from the mountaintop, you know, and you have, you know, you've been so connected to your source. I'm sure you've told people about, you know, how you feel and your experience and what you know because you're getting downloads, I'm sure. Um, what was that like for you when you let people know, you know, what your experiences were and your reasoning behind it? And, hey, people... Like this is this this shit that I just did is what you should probably do. What was yeah. that experience like for you? Most people are caught off guard and like kind of like not even believing it at first. People are like, "You didn't eat yeah. for months? Like, are you nuts? Like, you went seven days without sleep, two weeks with no water? Like, are you fucking good?" And I'm just like, wow. "Yeah, I'm actually great." Um, you know, it's kind of like defying the law. The law, like, wow, that's that's really insane to me. Yeah, like, uh, and I mean, really the urine thing freaks people out too. So it's like, you know, yeah, people are like, oh, you didn't sleep for seven days, and you didn't like eat or drink anything for fifteen. Like, how did you get to that point? And I'm like, well, I drank green juice for three months, and then I did three weeks of drinking nothing other than my pee. And then that's a whole that, different conversation. And then usually every conversation ends up into urine therapy. <laughs> the thing people end up knowing about the least. Yeah. And for some well, reason, everyone's I, interested in, in urine therapy. Everybody wants to know why we drink pee when we drink pee. And as soon as yeah, like, it comes into the conversation, it takes over the whole conversation. Yeah. Well, I feel like well, that all of my friends, all my followers that, you know, I told them I was going to go live. That was like, that was one of their big things that like, you know, his perspective on or your perspective on, you know, urine therapy. And I'm like, now, like we were talking out there, now that I'm at this point of, I guess enlightenment, I know that there's so much that I don't know. And, and based on what you've said, I, I know that you probably live a pretty healthy lifestyle. And so for me, the way I'm, I'm at, like, I'm never, 
oh, I know more than the next person. I just think I know what I know. And if somebody says something interesting, let me know their perspective on why they want to be in urine therapy or why they only eat meat or why they only do this or only have juice. And so um, I'm of the, I would say probably, how, how, how can I say, the, the few uh, few and far between of, as far as people who want to hear your perspective on that. And it doesn't just have to be about urine therapy, even though it's hella crazy, you know, it's not crazy. I don't want to, that's not the right I word. I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, damn, all right, if, if this is what I want to do to get rid of, you know, any gut uh, bacteria or any terrible gut bacteria or, you know, make sure I don't have whatever, you know, I, I've been told I had H. pylori. This was a couple months back, um, not, this like a year and a half ago. And so I've, I've really just been working on my, on my gut health and so many different things. I'm like, damn, is that why this guy, Nick Caputo, uh, NC, not G, not JC, oh, uh, fuck it, is in my life to be to tell me like, yo, this is how you actually heal the body. And there's different ways of, you know, you know, so many throughout time that have, that are more natural. And this is the actual way our ancestors did it, you know, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's levels to this whole process too. Like there's different stages, you know. Like weight loss and like cleaning out your body is really the most part. Rebuilding and you know laying a foundation to build upon is like a whole different. It's a whole different part of this journey. Like I'm at a whole different point. I got completely different goals than I had three years ago. And I mean, a lot of those mm. goals that I had, I accomplished. I did the long fasting. I did a lot of the breath work. I did you know eight hour straight breath work sessions. And I put in the time and I put in the energy and then it got to the point where I was like, all right, I don't really need to keep detoxing perpetually. Like, let's go yeah. into a phase where I start building. And then that's really what I see being the most optimal for me, at least, is like periods of stripping down and periods of building back up. Because in the process mm. of building, you are going to accumulate shit that you don't want to stick around. And then you shed that, you shed what doesn't belong. And then you start rebuilding again. So it's kind of like a balance of like knowing how long to detox for and when to stop detoxing and when to go back into building and doing right. both. And I mean, even building, I feel like that's, I mean, there's entire industries like the bodybuilding industry. They don't talk about cleaning out first. You're building on shaky soil. You're building on, you know, emotional, like unst unstable emotional patterns and all these things kind of lead this whole industry into just like, you know, selling the illusion of lack to people, making you think you're not enough unless you have this, unless you're this big, unless you put up these plates. Like, and it kind of defeats the whole purpose of us yeah. wanting to build our bodies. If we're trying to build a body so that we can enjoy the human experience, we want to clean it out and then build. Like, you know, construction requires destruction. You got to destroy everything that's not you to, to, you know, construct what you want yeah. to be. And I mean, the human experience is pretty divine in the fact that we can set intentions and we can kind of choose the trajectory of what we do like we are in control yeah. as much as we don't want to make ourselves believe that or a lot of this like spiritual stuff makes us believe that we're not in our own like in control of our own shit and we totally are yeah everything is like put our faith into something else yeah. yeah like we always want to be victims and not claim responsibility for our own shit for our own life like everything that's ever happened to you is on you and yeah. on nobody else so we got to take responsibility and we got to do what's what's best in our path and for me that's trial and error yeah i um i've definitely had the uh the average person especially now because i'm a lot smaller than i've been my whole life uh well yeah my whole life um the average person reaches out and, or they don't know that you know i was super big 
and I, re I read your post about, um, and it's kind of why why I'm not really jacked. You and Steve uh, post about it, um, about how you actually gain muscle by, by you know by blood of going through and traveling through your body. From I don't know the technical terms, but you know the way yeah. I where I interpreted I like to say it was that the breath flow makes the blood flow, and the blood flow makes the muscles grow. Exactly. So you already know exactly how to articulate that. And yeah. for myself, I, I'm like, dude, he's that's right because, you know, even though I when in my hay in my heyday I was squatting, you know, 500 pounds. I did I would leg press um, 1100. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I was the the most powerful that I, that I've been, and um, and also the most healthiest that I was, you know, and just because somebody looks a certain, has a certain aesthetic, that doesn't mean they can't get, you know, ass cancer. And I, I'm like, dude, you can definitely be, you can definitely be, um, you know, super jacked or an athlete and still get cancer or get this. I'm like, well, we perceive this person to be healthy. It can't just be, oh, you know, cancer is a thing that runs in the family. Like, no, or not just cancer, obviously, you know, there's whatever you know, disease. multiple yeah. diseases. Yeah, all the diseases. And so I'm like, there has to be something more. Like every family can't just have the obese, be the be the obese family. Every family can't have cancer um, without somebody breaking that generational curse. So all in all, I just started to, to peel back layers to that. And especially to myself and being comfortable in my, in my smaller state, this, this um, non-toxic state, just getting rid of all that waste. And now I'm at the point, like I said, when I started to find uh, Steve at Beantown, I believe his Instagram is, um, yep. to where I'm like, oh shit, now I'm at the point where I can start to build and still be lean as fuck. Over time, my skin's going to tighten up with the work that I'm doing. Um, but a lot of men, mainly men, we don't have to address women right now, but mainly men in the bodybuilding uh, industry don't want to be stripped down naked to who they are as a you know smaller smaller being and then build up naturally without you know fucking pre-workouts to make them feel jack oh nope lost you again <laughs> shit i hear you i don't see you all right i'm trying to turn it back on damn i, sh I can't even put it on uh What the French toast? Hmm. All right, hold on, cause I got a. Yeah, take your time. Well, I'm just trying to uh, turn the camera back on. There we go. Hold on. What it should give you a little option. I, you're probably on your phone, so I don't. Know. For me, it gives me like a little. Yeah, I'm on my phone. I'm on a little microphone. Yeah, I'm. I'm clicking the camera. That's why that's coming up right now. And then it says your network is low too. Oh, now it's back up to green. Okay. My works. It's back to red. <laughs> Damn. Shit. All right. Well, I guess for now we could just talk and hopefully okay. it's back on. All right. All right. Well. Damn. Anyway, sorry, people. Spotify. It'll be it'll be audio only anyway. So fuck it. Okay. Okay. Well. Um, yeah. We were. Well, I know we were talking about man just being uncomfortable with you know just being a stripping you know, down smaller yeah stripping down being smaller and how i actually got into fasting was my my one of my trainers um he's he's done you know five six day fast not 126 day but 
he used to be a bodybuilder um, and an MMA fighter. And so he had to go through the process of, you know, learning how the body works. And he, he kind of opened up my eyes. And so he let me know about strength isn't power. You know, I'd much rather be more powerful, which is more coordination and, you know, moving the way the body is supposed to be moving as opposed to power when you're just lifting, you know, doing a deadlift or a curl, you know, of what's perceived to be more weight. But that doesn't really help you in, in life. I'm only bringing that up is because most the mat the average man thinks because you can bench lift a certain amount or you can deadlift a certain amount that you'll be able to run you know a mile if somebody's chasing you or you know if you're actually in nature, and so that's how I started to perceive things in in my daily life and you know what it's okay if I get smaller right now because eventually I'm going to build up eventually I'm going to learn how to move the right way eventually I'm going to learn to to heal my body the right way. And uh, that's one of the perspectives that I've started to understand that what works for my body can work for others if they let go of ego, you know, because that's the biggest thing is just uh, a lot of guys have too much. ego. I, obviously, I'm talking about men and women, but mainly guys in the moment, because that's typically in that bodybuilding industry. And um, yeah, just the type of workouts that, that, that the whole industry brings, you know. Not that again. There's no 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 shame to a Ronnie Coleman. You know he's definitely pushed his body to certain you know limits. But you know who who's to say that uh, that's the healthiest thing to do? You know, which yeah. if that, if you want to be health conscious. Yeah, I mean I've definitely noticed a trend um, of people usually choosing one side of a spectrum as if it's better, mm. um, and not really acknowledging the other side on the way there. So it's kind of like, you know, like in the Tao, how they say, you know, the opposite. Like you want you want to be given everything, give up everything. You want to be fast, first let yourself be slow. Yeah. You, know, you want to get big, first let yourself get skinny. Mm. You know? Yeah. It, it really is like that kind of paradox where it's like if you really want to get big and be able to stay lean and be able to really be healthy, like stripping down first and cleaning everything out, that's all the gunk is really helpful will help you you know get better results like now my body is so responsive to everything i do i could put on pounds like pretty quick when i start lifting and you know as soon as i stop i don't really lose it i have to fast for like months to lose it and then oh I shit back, like so fast yeah like, do you eat more when you uh when you start lifting or or like how does that change for you it depends. I mean, I'm not much of a lifter in the first place. Like, I don't yeah, really I like saw that you're pretty. I like that's what, another thing why I really rock with you is because I saw how you use wake, wakeboarding or not wakeboarding. Um, when you're on the pretty back much of everything, wakeboarding, yeah. snowboarding, surfing, okay, like a little bit of everything, honestly, in the board sports realm. Functional, yeah, that's that's what I I, I was really getting to is like I love the fact that you know you're a functional athlete, which is most ideal yeah. and to be powerful. Yeah, all rotational training and stuff, mm. like nothing like linear with like, you know, I don't like to pick things up and put them down. I like to like do shit. Yeah. Know? I'd rather hurdle over tires than like, you know, play with a straight bar. Did I? <laughs> like, no, for real. I'd, I mean? I'd much rather be able to do, you know, like hang from a bar for a long ass time as opposed to, like you said, just be able to do a deadlift or do a bench press or something. Even though I used to do that like crazy. But now I started to understand, like, eh, it doesn't really matter if, if in a life and death situation, you know? Yeah, and, like, I don't know. I feel like I like the challenge of using my own body weight. It's, like, nature gave me my own workout tool. Yeah. I just use, like, what's around, like, what I have access to. So it's, like, I'd rather do, you know, 
10 pull-ups on the rings instead of doing like 15 on the bar, even though the rings are a little harder. Like it's more rotational. Like I get, yeah. I get to use my body the way it was designed more and still kind of like, you know, use my joints in a way that, that is in more alignment with their design. And it feels better and it's more fun. And then it translates into other things. Like the way that I can paddle in on a surfboard is just like better because I do pull-ups with different form. It's just, I've yeah. noticed, a lot, you know, I've done, I'm an advocate for trial and error. And as you know, like throughout pretty much my entire journey, since I started like giving a fuck about life, I really, um, <laughs> have tried everything, um, on both sides of like pretty much every spectrum. I guess the only thing that I haven't really dove too deep into is eating meat, but pretty much everything else. You know, I've done the lifting weights thing and I've done the functional training thing. I've done the cardio running and just playing thing. And I do find that there's a balance in like the functional training with actually like doing shit. Like, yeah. I feel like I do get bored just training forever. If I go to the gym and just, you know, pop on with the, with the rings and do like, you know, just my workouts every day, it does kind of get old. There, yeah. there does has to be something that I'm training for. Otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. You know? Well, that's, but, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is like, how does, I guess, breatharian or fruitarian life, like how can that affect a, I guess, like, what's what's the t- statistic, if you may know, for somebody who wants to ha- live that t- type of lifestyle and be, a, like, an athlete, like a professional athlete, if if, if you will? Do you I think – because, like, you know, nowadays know athletes – Oh, my bad. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was going to yeah. say, you know, nowadays, like, athletes, mainly in America, are, like, so much bigger, you know, than every country, especially athletes, um, uh, like football, right, uh, or MMA or basketball. Do you think – breatharian lifestyle if a person kind of stripped their their form all the way down and are building back up do you think it would be possible to to do both like perform at that type of level and still be able to you know kind of have that or so i mean it's a little complicated but in some ways yeah i think anybody can be a primetime athlete as a fruitarian okay Um, but but even then like if you really are performing at a high level like i feel like trying to like put yourself in the fruitarian box like to only eat fruit, like what's the point? Yeah. You know? Like there are other, like I would definitely like as a, as a pro athlete or as an athlete in general, like recommend raw milk Yeah. or, you know, like raw, like raw eggs. Like why right. wouldn't you, why wouldn't you do that? If you're really trying to, you know, perform at that level, like there are a lot of things that are in both of those things that aren't in fruit. And it's then, not like then, you lack anything external, but I mean, the way that I describe food and what's, what's beneficial in food, how nourishment comes, it's breath. You know, how mm-hmm. many breaths did that duck make? You know, how, how much breath was invested into the making of that egg? How yeah. much breath was invested into the making of that milk? You know, it's a blood derivative fluid. It's basically the liquid consciousness of that animal. Same yeah. thing with like the fruit. I mean, how many breaths did that watermelon vine take, you know, that, that plant take to make that watermelon? It's still breath investment, but it's different breath investment. There's a different organism investing breath differently into things. So the variety can kind of, you know, you can build muscle and you can get stronger by nature of your own breath but when you also consume accumulated breath from other organisms to help you you know you kind of speed the process you're consuming accumulated breath rather than taking every breath for yourself it's okay to access help you know to resource things on earth yeah it's a tool we're here in the physical anyway and the thing is is like if everything is you you know everything is a reflection of you then 
who's to say that eating something external is actually even external. Like it is kind of still you. So it's kind of like an ego thing saying, Oh, like my physical body is all that I need instead of like everything that's me is all that I need, which is everything mm. that exists, you know? Right. So it's kind of a paradox, you know, it brings you into that, you know, everything is everything, but also there's nothing you need that's outside of yourself. And people interpret this as, Oh, my physical body is myself. I don't need anything outside of Nick, but really it's like myself is everything and everything is everything. So there's no problem with outsourcing and getting some help from myself. Ah, uh, yeah. I do think that fruitarianism is sustainable, at least for like decently extended periods of time. You can definitely thrive on fruit. I definitely have thrived on fruit, especially when I first went from, you know, your standard American diet to fruitarian right off the bat. I did right. like six months, uh, pretty much like 100% fruitarian, which was really honestly awesome. Like I got super ripped up. I felt great. Like Yeah, I saw your picture. Like, you look totally pretty shredded. You're fruit. pretty shredded, yeah. Yeah, it's different than now. I definitely do feel differently better now and differently worse now. There were mm. things that were definitely like more on point then than now. Um, and also things that are differently more on point now than then. You so, think that's because like your body's just like because you got the injured the injuries or is that like just something you've just noticed? No, honestly, I just feel like it's like every every way of eating is different. So it's like okay. everything has its pros and cons. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what the whole point of the trial and error is. Like you see what things are good for what things and then kind of like, you know, eat based on like how you want to feel. Like if I really want to take like the greatest poops ever, like I'm definitely going to eat fruit. Like ah. if I definitely like don't want heartburn and like really want to make sure that everything is like kind of cooled down, I'll drink milk with everything I eat. Mm. Um, you know, there's just specific things. You know, if I really yeah. want to sleep the best I could possibly ever sleep and have the most lucid dreams ever, I'm going to eat nothing. Yeah, that's so, uh It depends on what your goals are. Yeah, it does. It does depend on that because, well, I mean, I, I agree with you. And um, for myself, I've uh, during my fasts, I realize, you know, how how healthy I am and unhealthy in those same moments. Right. Like, damn, I, I feel my stomach. I'm in tune with my stomach. And I'm like, yo, I really need to cut this out or I really should add this into my diet or, you know, but what I'm supplementing that with or, you know, kind of in the other hand is I want to be or I'm working on continually being a, a professional athlete, more specifically MMA. Um, that's what I'm going to be getting into. I don't know if you saw, but my dad was a, my dad was actually in the UFC, um, Olympic wrestler. Um, and so myself i you know started boxing in third grade i wrestled in high school and i started training mma afterwards and uh, was actually supposed to start fighting uh, he got locked up and so i kind of got lost and that kind of starts how my weight loss journey or how i started getting big i just didn't know what i wanted to do i was kind of attached to the competitor lifestyle because i've been playing sports my whole life right and so well, that's you know, the story I, I was gonna ask for Keep yeah you, yeah you know that story of the guy who just just tied or the person who's just tied to being oh you're the athlete of the family right and so that's kind of what i i kind of held my standard to and regardless i um i started to understand that uh oh shit my bad sorry about that are you good, good. Can you hear me still okay i thought it was yeah it was good now um but yeah that's that's where i got to um just started to understand or also talking about my dad right my bad, I lost my fucking train of thought. Yeah, you're um, good. Um, well, I was going with going somewhere with that because um, I, I want to be able to compete, right? Um, within the next three years, 
And so I know that my gut health needs still needs work because of the years of damage that I did to it. Um, so I'm supplementing, you know, trying to work out as hard as possible, you know, find out about breath work and then like, damn, I haven't eaten meat in a year and a half, almost two years or, you know, raw or eggs for anything. Right. Um, and so like, damn, how do I, how do I get to a point of being healthy? What I would perceive myself to be healthy, but still being optimal. Like if I was to compete against somebody else, but from what I'm understanding and what I've, when I'm in tune with myself. I realize, like, okay, I can do whatever needs to be done as long as I have give myself grace with it, and then also understand how does this how does this affect my body? Like, what is it really gonna do? And if I don't know something, let's find out. You know, like, what does this fruit do, and what does this um, what what can meat do for good for me? Can it build my body up to to be war ready, to be warrior ready? Um, and can it also, you know? if consumed too much again, can it give me ass cancer? You know? Um, like yeah. Both. So just trying to and find And there's that details back. in that too. Yeah. You know, I think everything should be done with awareness. Whenever you mm. go back into trying any food you haven't had in a while, do it with awareness and yeah. eat it for experiment. Like do it for science, you know, fuck yeah. around and find out. Not <laughs> for like, like for the idea of escapism or like emotional shit. Like yeah. literally just do it for like science and for the logical aspect of like, what am I going to feel from this? What is going to happen to my body from this? Like, right. let's find out. You yep. know, that's really what I've been doing for myself for a while. Like with this dairy experimentation with the eggs and stuff. Right. And I've been seeing I that. Mean, yeah. The major thing that I've noticed in my own process of trial and error for years, two main things. And some people may drastically disagree with me on this, but one thing is cooked food. Mm. I don't fuck with it. There, cooked food has never made me feel good. Everything is better raw than it is cooked. And mm. if I can't eat it raw, like, and if it's not good eating it raw, I just don't eat it. And I feel really good when I'm on raw everything. Raw eggs, raw milk. I mean, if I was going to eat meat, it would be raw meat. It would be okay. like raw meat and raw organs. Okay. That's really the only way I would do it. I would never cook meat. And I mean... When something is good, I feel like you can't really overdo it. Like, your body won't want to. Right. If you're eating bread, you can continue to eat and eat and eat bread because it's just empty, like, stimulation. Like, you just continually want it and want it and want it. You can be so full to the point where you're like, I'm so full, I can't fucking breathe and still want to eat more. Right. And if you eat two raw eggs, you know, you're like full and not even really full. Like, I can still suck in and roll my abs and I'm totally satisfied. Like, I don't even want anything else. Right. So, and, and I've been reading about that, like, um, how, how you cook food or lack there or, or eating it raw, um, can be a, either super beneficial, um, and heal the body. Um, because a lot of us are either overcooking it, you know, a lot of restaurants focus more on, you know, the flavor of something or the experience of something as opposed to and the health, what, right. The health of it. And, um, I've worked for a lot of restaurants in the back, you know, so I can see how, you know, everything's cooked and, you know, over sauteed and shit's basically burnt and, you know, whether it be Brussels sprouts or onions or, you know, it's not necessarily what it, what it's meant to be for. Um, you know, I started to, I actually talked to this African gentleman, uh, like last week, he said his tribe, um, they, they eat fish where he's from. Like, that's what his specific tribe does. And he said, the way you cook it is the way is the biggest thing because they eat dried um, tuna. And that's what that whole, his whole tribe in Africa does. 
Um, and then there's other tribes that only eat meat, or but they eat it like once a week as opposed to every day, six, uh, you know, five to six times a day, like the average American uh, diet. And so that that's got me start to thinking, like, damn, what what else can I do with my body? You know, because I've been vegan a little over, you know, a year and a half, almost two years. And, uh, you know, kind of been like I haven't had a calling to damn, I really want to eat some meat today. I really want to eat some cheese or eggs. You know, I have the cravings, but I don't think I've necessarily been called to like, damn, this is what I need for my body. Um, but, you know, I go back and forth. Don't like, do it, you know? <laughs> right, right. No, that's exactly what I've been doing. And it's been working for me, you know, like people don't question me um, because they know I've I've lost 300 pounds and they, for the most part, I don't I don't have conversations like I'm having with you where it's, it's a different understanding of weight loss. Most people just see it as the number on the scale. You're healthy. You look good. Um, but for me, I'm like, man, I, I know I need to do more. I want to. It's deeper than that. Right. Exactly. And I, now and you're so, here. Now well, how do we get better from here? Because Exactly. How do I become better, a. Like you're just stagnant. Exactly. Right. How do I become a prime athlete while still being, you know, like obviously I'm going to have to have grace for myself to just knock in someone unconscious. But then even more so, you know, my body, my body and what I'm doing to it. Um, you know, be putting it in warrior mode and understanding it's okay for competition or for this time or to build it up or shit, my, maybe just to see how deep I am and who I am as a, ma a man on this, you know, in this physical presence, I guess, you know, that's what I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on the journey of as well. Word. And I, for me, it's all about fun, honestly. Like everything that I want to do that's like hard or to challenge myself or to like to yeah. prove to myself what I can do. It's really little, yeah. like for the sake of fun. Like, hell what yeah, we're doing if I really don't fuck with something, I really won't do it. And that's kind of the way I feel about everything, even with the diet shit. Like I was vegan for half a decade, almost five oh, whole years. Oh, and wow. I, I mean, and I didn't ever really like the term vegan. I was never really doing. Yeah, it right. Like we just animals. do it for it was more like I just didn't want to eat animals because I was grossed out seeing my family eat animals. I never ate meat in my whole life. Wow. In my whole okay. life, I've eaten meat one time. Like, wow. Actually, in it one time about a month ago, I tried a piece of raw liver for the first time. And I like sat in front of it for like a half hour and I was like tearing up, like kind of scared to eat it, whatever. And it was just Shit. like a mental block for me. I was like, if I'm this scared to do it, I should do it. Yeah. And oh my God, man. That's so crazy. <laughs> that's going back to being as a kid, you know, you understanding like that, that feeling you you have as a kid is never going to lead you wrong. You know, so that's, mm -hmm. I've been feeling that. So I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Like even at, like as a kid, like I never wanted to eat meat, like always led me against it, but I've always kind of like you know, at least later in life kind of pushed my boundaries as far as like fear goes. And right. I'm like, all right, if something scares the shit out of me, I should probably do it. Like I should probably jump off this cliff and do a backflip or like, right. you know, whatever it is. Like I should probably go surf that wave because it scares the fucking daylights out of me. Right. Like, yeah. You know, I should probably just like not eat for four months because I, <laughs> that I, the idea of that is terrifying. You know, things like that. I've kind of been like notorious to myself for pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So this was something, you know, I started to do research on it, to think about it. You know, people make good points. Um, I was just curious, you know, and I went right. to this farm that I usually get my dairy from. And, you know, I know that they sell organs and things like that. And I asked them, I was like, is everything frozen or is it fresh? And I was like, all right, if it's fresh, maybe I'll try something. Right. And then they told me, you know, oh, everything actually just came in like an hour ago. Like they just oh, shit. finished bringing everything. It had in, like, to have been perfectly fresh. It, it's like, if you like, this is like prime time for you to get anything. Right. And I'm just like, damn like life really is kind of handing me this experience right now like i'm gonna give it a go like why not why resist this flow you know right so i got a piece of liver and i was actually surprised by like the consistency and like 
it wasn't dry. It wasn't seemingly mm. dead. Like there was like life in it. Like it felt almost, it was almost like fruit. Like, wow. Um, it was super interesting. And the texture was different. It felt like tissuey, not like fruity. It was like definitely like chewy and like not yeah. like melt in your mouthy, like an apple. But yeah. honestly, I see like fruits back in the day without the genetic modification were probably a little bit more difficult to chew like that. So, Oh yeah. Probably, well, I read about like our jaws used to be a lot bigger as well back in the day, you know, yeah. like, and the way we used to chew and shit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I didn't thoroughly enjoy it. Like, mm. it didn't, it wasn't delicious to me. You know what I mean? I thought there was definitely some truth to it. I took a great shit the next day. It was super, <laughs> it was super watery. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't really like dry and gross. It wasn't like eating starch. It wasn't like bread or rice. I was like, okay, I could see why people find health in this. Like, I could see how this could be a serious health food. But... I don't thoroughly enjoy it. And there are lots of other health foods that I thoroughly enjoy. So I'm going to, you know, take this as it was. I fucked around and found out this is, you know, maybe one day I'll find myself eating this for now. I'm good on it. Like, I'm just going to stick to the milk and stick to the, you know, the raw eggs and what I'm doing and the shit's working and I feel good and my body's, you know, responding well. So that's pretty much like I'll trial and error just about anything. But yeah, I never really ate meat my whole life. That like intuitive, like instinct led me away from meat my whole life. And only once I was actually curious about it, did I, was I, did I actually give it a try? You know, the amount of times that me and my dad were fighting at the dinner table when I was a kid, you're going to fucking eat this or you're not going to leave the table, whatever. Yeah. I'm like drawing on the table. Like, I guess I'm not leaving. I might as well get comfortable. I'm going to start drawing. I can't get my notebook because I can't leave. (laughs) Right. No, that uh, in- incorporating, I guess, um, what I've something I've been thinking about. I actually had my friend start a podcast, Nature and Nurture, um, you know, understanding mm-hmm. the difference between that, because I didn't I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a respect for for nature. I was personally, you know, my whole life indoctrinated into the system. And nurture is the only kind of way consumerism and uh, not really loving nature. And now I was for the last, I would say. Mm, prior to the last like three months, I've really been, I went full just nature, like nature, this nature, this, like fuck anything else outside of that. Fuck this, fuck the system. And now I'm like, okay, well shit. Like you said, your experience with the meat, like you understood it for what it is. You, I don't know if you prayed over it. You talked, you know, you, you probably had a different experience. A lot of gratitude in that moment. A lot of gratitude. Right. And so for, for me, I, um, I'm at that point of just combining nature and nurture and, you know, really seeing like, damn, okay. I know my body is more, I guess, for uh, a term most people understand, like blessed than most people, because not everybody gets to live to see 520 pounds and, and, and live to talk about it. You know, either they continue to stay down that route or they lose weight and don't get to be 182 pounds, you know? So I'm like, all right. Well, if my body is going to be able to last through this and I'm not going to put it through, you know, shitty experiences uh, mindlessly, recklessly um, and just not care about it, then I can probably, you know, maintain balance in nature and nurture. Um, I haven't I, like I said, I still haven't. Been, and what I mean by, um, you know, nature is eating other, you know, other animals again. And like I said, I haven't had a calling to it or even eggs. Uh, I haven't had a calling to it, um, but I've been more open to it, listening to you or reading your posts, um, talking to the African gentleman or just more people, um, you know, more different perspectives. I guess the universe kind of sends me different perspectives. I'm like, damn, maybe, maybe I can, you know, 
you know, have meat for a specific amount of time and do this and do it with gratitude or grace and have grace on myself for, you know, eating this animal that I didn't necessarily have a relationship with, or maybe I should have a relationship with it to make sure my body is going to respond the best. So just going mm -hmm. through that whole process has been, like we said earlier, just humbling and eye opening. And um, again, like I still don't know a whole bunch, you know, just trying to trying to piece myself back together from, you know, the 500 and X amount of pound person that I was, you know? Yeah. If you haven't yet, I would definitely check out the episode that I did with that dude, Wild Quetzal. Okay. I'll say that was episode 10. Should be on my YouTube. We talked okay. about like a lot about eating animals and kind of like the whole ethics behind it and okay. the energy behind it and all that. Super interesting. He's a co super cool dude. And kind of, I put a lot of thought into the animal thing. Um, right. Which was pretty, pretty interesting. I definitely have, no, I would definitely uh, get that checked out. I, I watched, um, uh, when you, well, number one, I read, uh, listened to your rap. That shit was hard. You were spitting. <laughs> I said that to all my boys. I was like, yeah, my Lord. boys spitting yeah, boy spit the bars. Um, yeah, that was a minute ago, yo. <laughs> and then I, that was I watched fun making that. Right, right. It was, honestly, I mean, while we're on this, it's it's cool to be you know just have this a conversation with somebody who under like you said understands just frequencies and uh, and vibrations and what you're actually putting out there. It's not just it's not just words. It's what you the meaning behind it. And you know if people are really tapped in, how that can really continue to raise someone else's vibration, even though they might not even know it. You know, I felt it immediately. Um, based off your beat choice and then what you were saying and the the you know I felt the the passion behind it. Um, and so for me, I, I'm like, damn, I, I really rock with it. I just wanted to say that even though you said like that was a minute ago, but still, I just, that, that, every, that, every word in there still rings true to me. Right. Dead ass. I was like, shit. I was like, my boy, my boy spit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, went hard on that. I was in Hawaii for like three months when doing the van life. And I, uh, I just had a notebook. I didn't have my phone or nothing. I just wrote like all those lyrics in a notebook, like over the course of three months and just kind of like rhyming together. And then like when I yeah. came home, I like put it all together and organized it and recorded it and just put all like used all the footage. Put it together. Just, like put it all together. Super Shit. fun project. Just kind of like did it for like, you know, fuck it. I got a lot to say. Yeah. I might go platinum in a couple of years. Shit. In the, yeah, in right? the world. In the, and when the world's even crazier, shit. <laughs> People right. like, damn, he was dropping bars way back when. They'll be like, he told us. He told yeah, us. he fucking told us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that video out with, uh, what, what did you say Quetzal. his name was? Wild Quetzal. Wild Quetzal, Wild yeah. Quetzal. Uh, yeah, because I definitely feel the difference. I, I don't want to say strength because, again, a lot of people get that word strength and power, um, you know, miscommunicated or what's the, uh, yeah. misconstrued. Um, but I definitely feel a difference physically. Um, or I, I remember feeling a difference, I, I should say. Um, but I would definitely like to, you know, I'm, I'm still debating on it, you know, because right now. I mean, take time for it. You know, there's no rush. I was going right. to say this before. It took me. Almost two months to make a decision to even try the goat milk for the first time. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah, I, it was I, like presented to me the idea of it. Like, Savannah from Tartaria Juice Co. She kind right. of like introduced me to the idea of it and said, you know, like, you know, that we were gonna host this retreat or the, you know, retreat the festival 
in uh, at a farm on Maui, and she was saying how the owner of the farm kind of like offered it to her, and she wanted to you know build a relationship with them, and they kind of offered it to her as like a loving exchange. She kind of wanted to do it to like right. for that, but then like she said she really enjoyed it, and it felt like really like you know connecting with the goats, and you know they only have like three or four goats on their property, it might even be only two goats that they have on their property, and it kind of felt like super like like a loving exchange, and it wasn't like rapey, and it wasn't like factory farming vibes. Wow. Like, it wasn't yeah. like rapey vibes. So she was like, this is honestly like pretty cool. And she was like almost scared to tell me like I was going to like be judgmental or like freak like, out. Fuck I, was, like, you. <laughs> I was like, honestly, that seems pretty dope. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of like interested. And then she showed me his video. He was like a raw vegan for like 20 years. And Shit. got into a martial arts accident and hurt his spine and tried everything in the fasting vegan world. Like everything you could possibly think of. This dude's super smart. Like he tried everything. Yeah. And he couldn't find a solution that helped him with his back pain from the spinal injury. And it was interesting, like the way that he ended up finding the goat, it was like he had his own land and like one of his friends had like goats in a land and like whenever he would leave, like the goat would go like nuts. And he was like, dude, she wants you. Like you got to take her home with you. Like she's yours. Wow. He was like, what? And then like, right. How crazy is that? And then once he got back and, and took the goat back to his land, he's like, all right, what do I do? And the goat was just like, kept coming up to him like, yo, milk me. Because apparently that goat like had a child that got sold. So there was like, she was milking, but didn't have a child. And he like kind of low key, like needed the milk, but like didn't right. know. And she kind of like felt it. Wow, like, dude, that's instinct. fucking God right like, there, man. She like came up to him and was like, yo, like drink, like milk me. Like you need this. And he yeah. like figured out how to do it and like was doing it. And then like, you know, got another goat and other animals to support the goat and like started planting trees so that she could eat the leaves. And it was like this whole symbiotic relationship with this goat that Damn. ended up like, making his farm into what it is and also helped him over like a, I want to say like a six month period, like fix his back, like and his spine and back to having him back to doing everything he was otherwise able to do. Wow, dude, that to me that's fucking that's that's God right there. Shit, that's right. Yeah, and that alone told me okay, veganism isn't a box that you need to be in because sometimes you can have help from other organisms. And I mean, if you're gonna outsource plants, like why not outsource animals? And as long as you're letting the animals outsource you, I don't see what the issue is. You know, it is kind of symbiosis. Yeah, I guess um, you give shelter and safety and food and whatever. Yep, finding the finding the uh, I guess the resource for that is is the next step right um, yeah the balance in that exchange and finding you know if you're not taking care of animals yourself like finding people that do take care of the animals well and you know make sure there isn't even exchange. And I mean the world is the way it is but there's definitely good people out there doing things in a good way I've I've found a lot of um, value in the Amish people in Pennsylvania and Amish people you said yeah yeah, I, I saw your uh, your post about that. It was really, um, yeah, it's really uh, interesting how people. Obviously, we have an indigenous or people who live almost indigenously, indigenously, like the Amish people. Uh, we read about it in you know textbooks growing up about people in other countries, but um, they almost live like that. And um, myself, I I've been uh, trying to find as much information and doing as much deep diving on people who know about. Um, you know, our ancestors and the traditions of the past and how the body worked and, you know, how it's supposed to work and how you can have a great relationship with your food. And like you said, everything's an even exchange. You're providing shelter for this, for this animal. I didn't think about it from that perspective. That's another thing that I just fucking learned right now. Um, yeah. But, and if you my, look uh, at that video, he explains so many cool concepts too, bro. Yeah. Like, 
the idea of like we are kind of like the keepers of balance in nature in a sense like where we can you know like we hunt you know indigenous people were keeping track of how many like the population of specific animals like buffalo mm. and only hunting a certain amount each year and making sure they hunt at least a certain amount each year to make sure that the population stays in balance with the rest of nature and making right. sure that the populations of things are are even and then we take what we need right as, i don't as we give back to you know earth in, in different ways right i don't know if you've seen that movie uh, 10000 bc um but it, it, in the beginning yeah. of it there's a whole tribe and they uh, as a as a unit it's like once a year they ha- they hunt the the great mammoth like one of the mammoths and this is like literally 10000 bc so they would only hunt one big ass mammoth and uh and that would be their meat for for the whole season of course they store it things like that but they do a whole chant a prayer um before they go kill it and it's a uh, and then obviously like at the before it's about to die they do a sacrifice but it's kind of you know showing the uh the grace that they had and and the traditions that they had about how to treat um you know i guess your prey and what you're doing on this earth and what it's doing for you so yeah, I'm, 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 I've been, like I said, I've been vegan, oh shit, almost two years, but uh, I'm at that point where I'm just down to a different pers- uh, perspective and I'm not trying to not, you know, start eating meat and be like, let me just get back to chicken wings and ranch and... <laughs> yeah, and all, and definitely don't omelets. be on that. Nah, 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 and just eat Denver omelets all the time. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I, I really want to be a or continue to be a prime athlete. Cause one of the good things is, um, is I'm in really great shape. My cardio, I would say for the past year and a half is even my, my, my brothers will tell you, um, you know, I worked out really hard, not just what people saw on, you know, on, on film, but like out here in 128 degree weather, you know, with three shirts and just sweating out here in Arizona. And, um, you know, I worked my, my cardio up, and I worked my myself to be in great shape, but I want to see, you know, how it gets to a point of, yeah, how how great, I, how much better I can be now that I've had this time away from meat and you know dairy and all that, and now how can I appreciate it much more, and how my body's gonna appreciate it, you know, if if that's the route I decide to go. Right now, yeah. I'm really focusing on business, and I definitely have noticed a, a a change in my gut health, you know, when I'm stressing or when I'm passionate about something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get, I get that stress eating. This is something we can talk about. Should I, uh, that emotional, um, tie to, to foods that sometimes come back up, um, you know, whether it be like chips, that's my biggest thing, boys. Some, uh, uh, the crunch. Uh, yeah. Siete Fuego chips, man. Them, uh, that's a frustration thing, yo. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're looking for spicy and hot stuff, that's like the desire for adventure kind of like you're craving something adventurous. So, right. That's, right. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know that page. Uh, I am surviving vegan. She's posted about like she's posted. I know you've definitely uh, posted about that as well. Articulately, I must add. Um, but she also made a video about that as well. Talking about uh, I don't know if you know that page, but um, I think I've seen it. I don't know if I follow her. Right. But she was she basically talked about how, you know, salty or crunchy or, you know, like you said, spicy foods are basically a, um, how you're how your mood really is like you said frustration or you know sad or uh, anger. anxiety too anxiety sometimes anxiety yeah or if you want like sweet i've never been a sweet person so i'm that that makes sense because i'm a i'm a fire sign so i've always wanted to just fucking eat you know savory foods and uh, maybe that's what my stomach uh you know was jacked up from a young age but 
it's just uh, something I've just been starting to be open to, understanding and understanding <clears throat> emotions that have been bent up as a kid and letting those things go. The more I fast, the more I – right now I'm just doing a lot of intermittent fasting. I haven't been doing um, mm-hmm. prolonged fasting because well, I mean, I'm, I'm working my way up to it, you know, having the time to do it outside of a, a nine to five dealing with other energies. You know, yeah, I'm sure you definitely you know, got to dedicate your whole life to like the practice. If you're not doing breath work and getting in the sun and stretching and like enjoying yourself, like I, I don't have a good time on extended fast if I'm not like totally in my element. Right. And that's like out here. Luckily I do have the sun constantly <laughs> in Arizona. I always have the sun. So, yeah. you know, but with, you know, just being around other energies that can, you know, knock you off as well. You know, oh, what? Definitely I, I know, fancy. I know, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, a question. Do you think like someone like myself, I, I live in the city, obviously you're in Jersey right now. Um, is the mm-hmm. breatharian, you know, lifestyle, I guess, or just trying to be as help as much breatharian. Do you think that's even possible in the city or do you think you need to be out in nature or it would benefit you more to be in nature like with trees away from the cell towers, the 5G, uh, you know, just things like that? I always find it easier to live the lifestyle in the tropics mm. away from society. Okay. And that's because, I mean, when you fast, especially for extended periods of time, you get like super sensitive. So I, yeah, I know. You feel everybody shit and like noises are intense and like different things like really get you. You so, see their demons for sure. You see people's demons. That's yeah, what I would see. You see how overstimulating society is really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always find, I mean, I don't see food as a bad thing. It's yeah. really just like something that is a tool. And yeah, it's right. not something that we, we don't always need a screwdriver, but when you need a screwdriver, use it, you know? Right. Um, so it's one of those things that, like, when you eat, the tool that you use it for is to numb. It's to lower your sensitivity. So when you're in a city, to use food as a, as a sensitivity lower so that you can get a little numb, so that you can be comfortable despite the overstimulation of the area that you're in. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily make all of that go away. It's still affecting your body. Your body still hears everything. The vibration of those things is still, you know ringing your body to its core but at least you can be comfortable in that state and that's you know that's cool it has its benefit to, to being comfortable but if you are in you know that fast state, if you haven't eaten in three months and you've just been on green juice and you go to times square it's gonna be so so intense yeah to, like being <laughs> to being naked on the beach by yourself in the gentle breeze right yeah right? i um it's not that's one of the things i've i've talked to my friends about and just my experience is it because when I fasted, I couldn't articulate it and I'm still articulating the process, but what I chalk it up to them is just like, you have to experience it to, to understand the feeling that you get when you're, you know, past 48 hours, you know, going into, you know, 60 or like I said, 65 was the longest I've done, but getting to that point, you start to see, or like you said, overstimulated, how overstimulated your, my, your surroundings are, or I started to see that. And then I started to feel like the anxiety is coming, um, not for myself that like, damn, I need this food, but damn, I feel somebody else's energy and that's kind of pushing off on me. And if you're not in a comfortable state, like you said, that can really break you down or break down a fast if you're not, you know, really connected to the fast, you know? That's one of the things I'm, I'm trying, I've been um, 
um, contemplating is like, all right, am, now that I'm getting my stuff together, I have my, my businesses, I'm, my uh, my influence. I'm, I'm getting, I have a lot of followers. Like things are getting good for me, but and I know it's gonna start to really affect my bank account. Am I gonna continue to stay in the city where, you know, I have access to do this and that, and everything's you know convenient for me, or am I gonna be in the in, you know in the nature out here and you know, closer to the, the sun or away from people. Um, so that's some of the things I, I, I go back and forth about because I'm like, damn, I really love my peace and I really love my solidarity um, and being, you know, just being in my thoughts and understanding, damn, I can really become, I can really take myself to another level if I'm away from people, if I'm isolated, if I'm doing this, you know, um, so that's something yeah. I've been going back and forth about. I'm sure you already you know that because, like you say, when you go back to Jersey or when you go or go to anywhere around people, you you probably experience that. Yeah, I mean, like like everything else, I've really found um, ideally balance between both. I mean, I've been going to a lot of different places and living in a lot of different places, but I really, the longest I've been anywhere at one time is like six months, and that was in the DR, and then. Okay. You know, I could come back. You know, I came back to Jersey for a month or two at a time, went back, whatever. The longest I was actually there in a row was six months. And that oh, was wow. Six months when I went down there and I did that long fast was part of that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I go to the tropics and do my thing and go somewhere kind of far away from everywhere and, you know, kind of go within myself and get work done and do what I want to do and surf and run and get shit done and then when I come back, now I can kind of do different shit. You know, there's there's different things that being in Jersey has to offer. Like I can get, you know, get on the ice, get some hockey skates under my feet, or I can go to the trampoline park, or I can do, you know, whatever, go to the gym and just do different shit. Right. You know, surfing in the summer here is different. Picking blueberries here. Like there's different shit here than there is in the tropics. So I do like coming here because there is stuff that this place has to offer. And there's yeah. also stuff that this place doesn't have to offer that other places do. So I like to move around and I mean, energy doesn't like to stay in one place. Energy likes to move constantly in spirals and cycles. So I, I like to move. Right. Yeah. Do you, um, do you feel that you eat certain, cause I know you, I've, I've read your post about uh, macadamia, uh, macadamia nuts. Uh, that was one of your, I don't know about vices, but that's something you really like. You're like, damn, I started eating them uncontrollably. It that was a weakness for me. Definitely. Yeah. I, I ain't never eaten one of those uh, ever again. What's that? I ain't never eaten that ever again. <laughs> I was I'm off the nuts, you. yo, forever. Are, At least so are I nuts, think so for like, now. I, I read somewhere, someone said, um, I don't, it might have been someone we both follow, um, mentioned, what you say, like our ancestors or people of the past didn't always just have um, loads of nuts just always with us, you know, because now we have, I can go to the Whole Foods or Sprouts or wherever and just get a bucket of cashews or a bucket of, you know, this nut or that nut. And it makes sense because we have so much, you know, access that people overindulge on a certain type of thing. Um, so I was just curious, are, are nuts uh, something that we can have, but just in moderation? Or is it like they're not supposed to be in the body? Or how does that how does that kind of work out? Personally, I don't see them as beneficial at all. I've never okay. felt good on them. I, I always, I just found myself in a really like, like, addiction kind of cycle with them yeah and never really felt good on them like after eating them never felt good it's always been and i mean there's reasons that i think that's that that is yeah but i mean 
it, a part like the nature part, like think about like, you know, try to open a walnut with your bare hands and then see if you can open up a whole bag of walnuts with your hands and like, right. enjoy eating that. like it would never happen. Right. And that additionally, I mean, most nuts are mostly comprised of starch. Like the actual composition of a cashew is like 70 plus percent starch. Shit. So I never, I never even knew that. <laughs> yeah. So, and you can kind of feel it when you take, like, if you eat dry nuts, like, it kind of has the same texture, kind of, like, taste yeah. as, like, rice or, like, a bread. It, it, bread, it's right. It's not really, it's crunchy bread. Like, it's the same type shit. The only right. difference is, honestly, I feel like bread might even be less bad than nuts in some cases if you're overeating nuts. Because, I mean, the nuts are loaded with, like, defense chemicals. They don't want to be eaten. So, they have, like, phytic acid and oxalates in them that basically bind to nutrients, like, like to minerals like magnesium or calcium and prevent you from absorbing them. So they oh, call them. Cause they don't want to be eaten, huh? Oh, cause they're their own. Yeah. Damn bro. You- and then there's wow. also like PUFAs in them, like polyunsaturated fatty acids. If you look at like fats, right? You have saturated fat and you have unsaturated fat. Saturated means wet, right? It's saturated with wetness, you know? Okay. Like if you, if you wet your shirt, is it like saturated in water? Like, you know, is it fully wet? That's, you know, saturated means wet, basically. Gotcha. Um, so, unsaturated fats are dry. And if you look at nuts, like, they're dry. It's dry fat. It's dried yeah. out, like, fat that your body doesn't really know how to use to build tissue or, like, for ener- to convert f- for energy. It's, like, not really – it's just inflammatory. So, the PUFAs really are no bueno, and that's the same reason why the plant oils are no bueno. The PUFAs play a big role in that. The polyunsaturated fatty acids. And, I mean – other sources of fats, honestly, like you crave the fats because your body really wants them, but what you really want is saturated fats, not unsaturated. So like the fats in raw milk are just super satisfying where you don't have to drink a huge boatload of milk to be satisfied, but you can eat like packs and packs of nuts. You can eat like literally a whole bowl of pistachios and still want more, even though you're so full, you can't breathe. Dead ass. Like, oh man, that just puts a, puts an answer to something that I've been, you know, thinking about or trying to figure out is why you know certain foods have that have that effect on you like you said that addi- almost addiction feeling you know like i really that think that's sense. the starch the addiction starch is yeah. really the root of all addiction right and that and that's kind of it's crazy what we were talking about earlier you know the difference between or that's really where the conversation starts when you're talking about flat earth or um flat earth and and the world being round because the powers that be have always given you know, slave, slave food, which, you know, more times than not, from what I understand has been starches. And so that's yep. kind of where a lot of people continue to be in a unhealthy state or not have, or what we call brain fog, but I would just call misalignment. Um, so yeah, I mean, that makes sense why shit, this food that I've been eating has been so addictive my whole life or because, you know, like we don't all know all the truths, you know, there's always more truth. There's more shit that we find out, get more downloads. Um, so that gives me a lot of answers right there, specifically with nuts. Cause I fucking love, like you said, cashews or, uh, all you lust or, those cashews, lust them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Lust them. That's a better word. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's definitely the starch I, and anything like another big, like thing that I observe or like measure for when I analyze things and the way that they make me feel, I'm mm-hmm. like, does this give me a rush and crash? Right. Yeah. Because. If that's happening, then there's usually starch or an excess of sugar leading to the fermentation of alcohol. So that's what the crash is. 
when it and that's what like potatoes alcohol. right like yeah potatoes, potatoes sweet potatoes i mean there's a lot of things that are starch nuts right. bread pasta lentils beans any kind of grain spelt all these things are starch and you can like you know taste the starch in stuff you know when you yeah. eat a sweet potato like you you know it's just as like druggy as eating like pistachios dry out of the container it's just as druggy and it kind of has that same kind of feeling it hits the nervous system the same and yeah it's just it's just interesting but the nuts will definitely give you that same like if if anything makes you be like oh like i can't breathe or like oh i got to lay down after you eat Right. Like that's, just, that's that's not a good food for you. That's you should be not. able to eat something and go work out after you eat it. Like I was never able to really in the vegan lifestyle um, unless I was eating fruit. And even then, honestly, most of the time it was really difficult for me to work out post eating. Like if I ate something that was like it for the day, I'm not going for a run, can't really surf and put my chest on a surfboard or I'm burping shit up. Like never really had good like digestion being like that and now that i've introduced things like like i'll eat a small piece of raw unsalted cheese before i eat and things just digest better when i do that oh and sure i'll drink milk with something or after something or i'll drink raw whey with something which is basically just strained milk it's like the right. plasma it's the milk without the cream um you know things like that have just really helped my digestion where like i can eat you know like three raw eggs and like a half a watermelon and drink some milk on the way, you know, to work out and have like a crazy workout and be on the gymnastics rings and be upside down and doing whatever and not be burping up anything and not feel any kind of uncomfortability digestive wise, almost like forget that I ate. And you're also eating like a, the right, I would say the correct size as well, right? Like not, you're not overeating yeah, like not most, overeating. most people. Yeah. And so that's where I, I realize now where I, back during my journey, why I would have these, these times of unhealthy part or when i would get you know i would go I had to go to the er a couple of times because i thought i was having a heart attack but really it was just crazy digestion and, th and this was our gastro issues i should say and this is when i had already lost you know 70 pounds 80 pounds and i was having these these issues but it, you know it makes sense now why i was having it because i would eat you know something with a lot of carbs to give you more energy and necessary like or i should say starch um and yeah. before a workout and i would always wonder like damn why do i have this um you know this feeling of like being bloated or you know why does my right hip or the abdomen or like my liver area why is that bugging me but of course nobody most people just chalk it up to oh that's just heartburn or oh why, why is that you know like that shouldn't be how the body should be reacting that's not and i think i always exactly knew that i just didn't know how to talk about it i didn't know how to articulate that um, but I'm at that point now where I'm like, shit, that makes sense. Why I was, I was having all these, you know, all this indigestion before my, um, before my workouts or having a heartburn or being constipated or being tired. Like right after I would eat, like I would fall asleep, you know, sometimes and I, like, and like you say, you just touched on that. Um, I, you shouldn't be feeling that way after you're done eating. You should be food that, you know, kind of makes you want to get up and do something. Which now I don't even work out or I don't eat before don't I eat. work out ever uh, just because I know, well, I never want to work out intense, but also I, I think I sometimes like might overeat because I'm still going going through that phase. Um, but I know now like how my body responds and it's not the best when I eat before I work out, you know. So that's something that I've been experimenting with trying to figure out like, damn, okay, maybe I should fast a little bit longer and then work out or eat after I work out and 
you know, as opposed to before, you know. Yeah, One that's the, what worked the best for me when I was on the vegan wave was waiting until after workouts to eat. Right. And yeah. honestly waiting until after the post-workout breath work to eat. That's what I was just going to say. That That's something I, I'm like, damn, I have a, created a system for myself is doing breath work. And I just started off with, uh, this was over a year ago, but my introduction to breath work was Wim Hof. So I started doing his uh, his uh, YouTube thing and just like starting off with that. I'm like, damn, you really can't control your heartbeat and you really can't feel mm-hmm. all this. And like, I felt, I felt the, my blood pumping through. I just, you know, obviously not as intentional as I can be because I'm still in that process of learning. And then baby obviously, steps, you know, baby steps. Yeah. Um, my goal soon was, um, well, obviously I, I had planned on going to Hawaii cause I, I didn't know if you were going to be out there, but, um, either then or, or linking up with you, or obviously I know you got the, uh, what's the garden of, Tartaria, maybe going. I'll be out. In, I'll be out on Maui in March. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about um, going out there. I'm going to. I'm going to do a document or a birthday party, and then pull up out there, and uh, yeah, get your. Uh, well, number one, I think we could do a lot of great things, you know, because one of the things I notice is sometimes now that I'm small, now small now, people don't want to. Li- it's not that they don't want to listen to me. They just have to see my journey first. They have to see my skin to understand, like, as opposed to, damn, like, this guy lost 300 pounds. You know, that's the kind of thing that gets me in the door. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that sometimes someone like you or Dr. Sebi or uh, someone who's already fit or like myself who's already, you know, slim, people don't want to hear that, you know? I mm-hmm. feel like uh, one of the one of my, 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 I should say, my testimony has been able to get me into a lot of doors and you know, me bring myself to a lot of teachers that um, I can mm. bring myself to and show other people, you know, different perspectives. And like, damn, if I shut my mouth, if I, if I, you know, listen to what this person's saying in full form, this person actually, you know, might know what they're talking about with nature or breatharian or urine therapy, like you was talking about, or like, you know, like you mentioned a lot. Yeah, like I've been that, talking to people in the sauna and they're kind of thinking I'm crazy and like we have a conversation about something cool and they're just interested enough to check out my Instagram and they see all the testimonials and they see other people talking around. And they're like, oh shit, bro, like this is like so legit. I didn't, like, yeah, I had no idea. And right. It's like kind of like, yeah, like in the moment, it's like if they don't know who you are, like what your deal is or like where you're right. been, like it's kind of like almost discrediting because they haven't seen your credit. <laughs> yeah. And I know, um, you know, the next couple months is going to be, uh, well, I mean, it depends on how the world is going. Cause you know, the world is fucking crazy out there. Um, and, and they're, they're doing a better job of censoring people like you and myself that are trying to be truthers or just, you know, get the real shit out there and help people out in the process. Um, definitely push ourselves for sure. Um, yeah, uh, I think, um, we can definitely work, work something out to where we're, we do like a workshop or obviously, my thing is continue to learn, but, you know, bringing a diff, bringing my audience as well to, to what, to your audience or creating community, you know, um, that would definitely be something that needs to happen. I feel like. Definitely, bro. I've really been for the last like couple of years trying to put together like a community, like a, like a team of people, like a superhero team of people. Dead out. Ooh, that, like, <laughs> I've been like, I've been like building this group. I have like my list of people that like, I really fuck with that I've right. come to meet like on Instagram or from all over the world. And like, I've been linking up with people like one by one over time and kind of yeah. building that tribe and we'll see what happens down the road, but something big is coming and I know it. So 
I feel I feel it too. Main, honestly, I've been it's crazy. I I, I know. Um, well, whatever. I've just been a manifester since I was a kid, you know, and I didn't understand my power until until really recently. I'll say like the last like four months has been like, damn, I I did, you know, and so I I realized, you know, like damn, a lot was given to me. Um, so that I can give back a lot. And, you know, one of those things is mm-hmm. the, that way I give back is by bringing people together because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a uh, lost art, I guess. Now, you know, the way the world is, the powers that be have stripped us of, you know, trying to come together. And, oh, let me just be by, let me just look at my phone or let me focus on the matrix, something that doesn't really matter, you know. So um, I'm trying to definitely bring us together. Uh I want, one of the things I did want to uh, ask you um, was about my skin, mm-hmm. or at least I, I, I could say your opinion if you if you don't know uh, facts behind it. But I do uh, RF therapy. Uh, it's called radio frequency therapy. So essentially, it like breaks down um, like, like stubborn fat cells and um, t- tightens up the skin. Um, mm-hmm. Also, cavitation, which I don't quite know the term for that, but my my uh my friend who does it she's the one who does it on my skin it's been working obviously you've seen my i think i've seen your post about it yeah my post yeah so that's pretty much the only thing i know about is what i saw from your posts okay Um, what what i do i I also implement like the dry brushing uh because i know that i mean dry brushing i've been obviously more prolonged fasts um cold showers which I'm actually working on this deal with a company out here who does cold plunges and um, uh, like the, what's that? Red light therapy, I think it's called. And um, red light is cool. Red light. Yeah. So just different forms. It's one of those places that heals the body of naturally, um, but with science, modern science. So I've been going to do cold plunges for my skin. I know it's going to take a couple of years, which is my mind state on it. Um, which I'm cool realistically, with I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's no what a lot of people don't know. Like people, people don't have foresight, like our long, you know, long-term sight, like I do. Uh, Cause I know exactly what I'm going to do is working out, but I would just, you know, wanted to know your opinion. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say it's going to take some time, but it's definitely going to happen on its own. Like when your body's ready, pretty much like, you know, your skin has to adjust and it has to, you know, take time. Right. I feel like it's going to do it anyway. I mean, it looks like your skin is pretty thin, right? It's not like super thick and kind of like like subcutaneous mucusy. So, right, right. No, I mean, right. it doesn't really seem like there's that much purging to do left. It's kind of just like your body's just gonna have to adjust, and the skin, you know, your super suit has to realize that it doesn't have to hold on to as much anymore. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's you know, good. that's that's kind of how it works. Get rid of a bunch, you know, you're holding on to a bunch, and now like you just got rid of it all pretty quick. So now your body's like, oh, fucking, okay, I'll say. <laughs> We're still ready just in case you put that shit back in here, just in case. Yeah. You know, and no, once it once not. the body kind of trusts that that's not happening and has time to kind of like adjust, it'll just, it'll do it slowly. I, the body does everything in divine timing. And I feel like that is something that will be slow. My dad kind of noticed the same stuff, not to the same degree, but I mean, he lost a decent amount of weight and you could tell like when he did that first fast, like his stomach, like you could see, like he just had extra skin and he was right. like, how do I get rid of this flat? And I'm like, honestly, just give it time. I'm like, just keep dry brushing. Just give it time. You can slap it if you want. Like, you can do that kind of padai lagine stuff and just, like, kind of pull it and slap it. Not, like, super hard, but just to tap it and kind of get blood flow to it. Right. Um, And kind of just set intention and just kind of wait. And, I mean, he's definitely noticed 
pretty significant like skin adjustments just from like being patient with his body. It's just been like over a year. Yeah, that uh, blood flow is the key to it, right? Or I'm from what I understand, blood flow is the key to regenerating everything. Everything, blood, okay. That's blood, and that's what I've been reading from here. Everything. Yeah, and I've uh, yeah. Once I did that, that those those breath work, um, just in the morning, and uh, every time I try to breathe, I I I've I think subconsciously felt that, intuitively known that, um, and you know. As I start to learn more about how the body works, um, I've started to see, or at least how my body works, and I think I'll, the next the next um, step, the next part of the journey will ha- be how the body works. But I'm just, you know, figuring out mine right now. Once I, uh, or lately, I've been noticing noticing that mainly when it comes to, you know, being cold or being hot, or I don't really get hot to be honest. I get cold though, um, but I know, like, damn, it's because my 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 circulation isn't the best and I need to work on that and uh especially because when I you know I lost all the weight I know I, there was some of the I lost a lot of the bad I lost a lot of the shit but I lost some of the good as well so restoring that has been something that has been a journey for me um to say the least so now I'm like okay let's start to focus on getting things like iron or um things that help with blood flow and getting my my heart stronger I guess you could say I don't know if that's the right term but you know just essentially to where everything is flowing right, you know? Yeah. Um, There's a book that I wrote called Heart Diseases Dehydration. Okay, yeah. the circulatory system and how it works. I would definitely check that out. Okay, I got Um, you. And if you go to my website, it's, uh, well, it's a landing page. It's growfromthegarden.org slash consultations. Okay. At the bottom of that page, there's, like, you just type in your email and you can get the book for free. Okay. Okay, yeah, no, I'm gonna definitely check that out. That one and the um, and you said the uh, episode with uh, Qu- what's his name, Quaalude or uh, Quetzal? Wow, uh, Quetzal, yeah. <laughs> I said Quaalude. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's. But uh, yeah, those two things. Definitely. Yep. And that ties yep. in honestly with the same kind of concept of like, you know, there's a time to rebuild and a time to detox. It seems like you know you're you're trying to you know rebuild now. Cause you build, did a lot yeah. of detoxing. You did a lot of cleaning out. Yeah, dude, I did a a whole lot of. It's so crazy to me sometimes, like, um, because my last my life has been so fat, like, flown by the last three four years. So I didn't really have a time to like. I really haven't sat back and just like, damn, how did I do this? Or you know, just paid attention to it. And now that I'm starting to understand how more about how the body works and how my body works, then it's like shit. You know, I'm even. I know I kind of hashed on it, but just. Um, I'm even more, I guess, I'm just, how can I say, I'm more passionate now to find out how much more I can do in the months to come. Mm -hmm. Um, the fasting part is what I want to get is what I will get into next. Um, as I start to let go of those emotional traumas as I was a kid. And, uh, one of those things I heard about that you can do that is, uh, acupuncture. I know acupuncture aside from, you know, breath work, getting it out of acupuncture is dope. Yeah. I haven't done acupuncture, but I know that's a way that I, I, from what I understand, you can get more air out or breath out. So that bent up emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I, I'm going to do, uh, next, probably like after I get in a flow of this cold therapy, um, the cold plunges and I get my heart work, my heart, my heart rate together. Then I think I'm gonna get into, uh, uh, acupuncture so I can start to get work on more of those emotional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the breath work I was going to say too is another major thing. I mean, you'll read that in the heart disease dehydration book. Yeah. Um, about the blood flow, but really like the breath work is key, man. Like the slowing down the breath, applying the bandhas, like specific postures and muscular contractions that like optimize the pressure in your body for blood to flow the best. Yeah. And, like you really notice it, like when you really get the postures right and you really like have the bandhas right and you know at the top of the breath when you're holding, like your body will give you that like confirmation. It's like a surge of heat and energy just like flying through your body, and it's like holy shit, my blood is flowing fast as fuck. Dude, yeah, I've 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 felt that probably once, but not the euphoric, not the euphoric part that people have uh, that I've read from have mentioned. But I mm -hmm. have felt the that rush in a good way. Like, damn, okay, I I know that there, it's just a matter of communication. At least for way way I break it down, it's a communication from me breathing and going through my body and how to tell it to go around. And obviously, with the breath work, um, like you said, breath is everything. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I've I've felt before. Um, so now just, I guess putting it more into my daily life, and strengthening up my my core because that's that's been the biggest thing. I went from a size fifty eight waist uh, to now I'm like a size thirty one. So, so yeah, right. So now I'm just like, all right, I need to figure out how to strengthen my core and strengthen my body and make it communicate because it's way out of, you know, it's way out of whack, you know, and most people can't, can't talk to me because it's not that they can't talk to me. I just don't want to talk to most people because I feel like they haven't, you know, experienced a client like myself. So that's why I'm like, mm, I need to get this natural movement or it's called go to movement. Is that how you pronounce it or go to? Yeah. Is that better for like how, how breath work and, the way the body flows and moving moving naturally or would you say or yeah, yeah i like their philosophy because they are more aligned with the body's design like they okay they include like you know like fibonacci geometry like sacred geometry right. in like into the movement patterns like and they right. break down like, the angles and how things are really designed to move and then they have you know different exercises of training that and i think it's cool that like the different go to teachers like bean or jameson or like there's a couple different guys and yeah he posts that that teach different things like where they teach the same, you know, movement patterns, but they have different exercises and different per, like perspectives on how to pursue like the recode process. And they all mm. do it in their own way, which is pretty cool. Which like, yeah, I've been following like a couple of them for a while now. And it's kind of cool to see like the differences between all of them, but the same kind of foundation of all of them. Foundation. Yeah. What's cool is, uh, uh, yeah, being a bean town, Steve, he, he reposted somebody, um, and, and two of the coaches actually live out here in Arizona. And so they're go I was like telling them, I said, damn, I thought I was going to have to travel to Hawaii, you know, to go get, to go get training. Cause I thought it was, there was only a small community of people, but now that I'm starting to look into it more, I'm like, Oh shit, there's yeah, a no, lot of pretty big, a lot of masters. And, um, it's pretty cool that I don't have to you know travel, even though I will, uh, because, you know, some 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 of the teachers might be vegan. They some might eat meat. Some might have different, you know. So, in, um, in, incorporating different, I guess, diets is going to help out with uh, the movements as well. You know, or at least from Definitely. what I'm It all goes hand in hand. You know, the diet stuff and the breathing goes with the movements. And I mean, that's why me and Bean did that collab course. Yeah, the move um, wave, back right? In October, the move wave one. Yeah, which was a combination of both, um, which was pretty dope. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it all goes hand in hand. There's so much more to it too than just movement and breath work and diet. You know, there's like how you go about sex and 
you know, philosophy right. on how you view life and align it with the sun and moon. And like, there's so much shit, like it goes right. so deep. And even like what we were talking about before, um, with like the sovereignty stuff, like status correction and other, like there's so right. many rabbit holes to dive in and everything ties into everything. Flat earth ties into, um, history, which ties into sovereignty. The Rockefellers. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which, which ties into the economic system and yeah. which ties into Hollywood, which ties into the food system, you know, the, the food, you know, getting hijacked and, you know, the pharmaceutical companies and the media and health and breathwork and all movement and all, all of, of it, you know, the bodybuilding industry and the illusion of black, it's all connected into this big like web of misinformation in a sense or of rabbit holes. Right. Me, to yeah. expose what's the truth and what's not. In Inconvenient things. truth and uncomfortable knowledge is what elevated and melanated would call it. But yes, you're goddamn right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, so we got a question on here from the chat. Okay, what Somebody is that? asked, how do you think you got yourself to the point of being that overweight? So, Which I think is an interesting question. I, I'm assuming it had to be emotional, some kind of traumatic thing um, that led right. to it. Right, yeah. So, um, like I said, so I, I, I guess first, I, like you were, you said you were an athlete as a kid, right? Beforehand? Right, right. So, yeah, I've been playing sports my whole life. So, I started playing baseball when I was five years old. Kind of a, um, you know, really great. Uh, it was like a childhood prodigy. And uh, as I started to get older, um, I didn't have my dad my whole life, right? I didn't meet my dad till I was 17 officially. And so, mm-hmm. uh, my whole life was kind of, um, you know, when you're raised by a single mother, with a, a passionate little boy, you kind of get into certain habits of, you know, a man, a woman can't always control uh, a little boy, you know? And so I would get into habits of eating. Um, and as you get older, uh, obviously the body starts to react a certain way. And so now that I can, you know, chalk it up to, or I should say I have hindsight to, to my life. I know as a young boy, I would have, whatever kind of stresses that I was having kind of traumas anxiety anxiety um I would just eat you know when I got stressed out or anxiety and as I got older um it just started to weigh on me as as I stopped competing as I stopped playing sports as I was you know kind of lost I started club promoting um and so that's like a late night you know drinking eating so question quick yo so were you always like pretty big or were you like a small, like kind of leaner kid, like as an athlete growing up, like, did um, you always had the tendency to be kind of stocky and big or did that like kind of just come later? It came later. I mean, I was, I was like, um, after about, I'd say eight years old, then you became, I became like the chunky, but not like fat, mm. you know, I wasn't the, the kids that you see that I'm sure you've seen that picture of that little Chinese kid. He has, he's like really chunky and. You know, you can barely see his feet or his legs or there's pictures like that of little babies. I think I know what you're talking about. I was never like that obese person until really until I turned like 24. 24 is when I really started getting 400 plus. But my whole life, I wasn't like morbidly obese. In high school, I started getting to like 200 plus pounds. I wrestled at like 260. So like in Mm -hmm. hindsight, that's a pretty big person. But it's probably double what I've ever been. (laughs) Right. You're exactly. So, I mean, from my perspective is it's not that big, but from somebody else's perspective, that's, that's big. That's a big person. Right. So, but for me, I just, uh, I know it was just How taller. Tall are you? Uh, like five ten. Okay. So yeah, not too tall, not too short around my height. Yeah. So it just got to a point where, um, yeah, I just kept eating and eating and eating. And, um, 
whenever whenever my body started, I guess people would say metabolism slowed down. Uh, you know, that, that that's the typical answer from people. Um, that's when I started to get um, at that, that point of, shit, I'm over 440 pounds. I'm over, you know, 500 pounds, you know. So it was... It was definitely um, something that happened as a kid, and as a, as I got older, not being aligned with truth and how the body works and what I needed to be doing to to stay aligned, um, that's how I got to a point of just being overweight. Um, you know, I don't I don't question I don't question it anymore because I know you know I chose this path before I came here um, to probably show how great the body is and how much if you put love into it, what what it can do in even a short time. Um, but you know, sometimes I have that ego. I'm like, damn, why, why was I able to be able to get that big and then lose the weight in a short time and still be able to talk about it when most people have heart attacks during that time, you know, they, they stress, Mm. they stress themselves out and, you know, they croak or they give up when they're 20 pounds away. Oh, I've done enough. I've done this and that, you know, I've done enough. And yeah, I mean, it's all perspective of course, because, Ego told me I needed to lose 200 pounds or 300 pounds in under two years, as opposed to, Hey, I'll lose it when I, when I, when I can, you know, or over time. So, uh, that's a big point, yo. A lot of things that I, t- like when I tell my clients stuff, I'm like, we're not setting deadlines here. No more. It's yeah. Like, I would never tell anybody to do what I start, did. You're making progress. Right. And as long as you keep making progress, you'll get where you want to go. It's just don't set a deadline because your body doesn't know your mind's deadline (laughs) exactly and that's so that's like always been the hardest part for me to articulate to people is because they see 300 pounds in 18 months and they know like 18 months is still a long fucking time you know what i mean like that's not a year and a half bro like that's a long ass time um it's different than most people but that was days of of just uh fucking I mean, I, I definitely had my triumphs, but it was a lot of agony as well, you know, I, that I put my body through. I bet and it so, had to be. Right. And, is intense as fuck. It's miserable. Right. And so uh, most people don't understand that I, I already knew going into that, going into my journey, that I was going to have to put my body in certain situations where it was going to break down. It was going to do this. But I knew that as long as my mind was not broken, that this is where I, I'm different in I kind of, you know, myself separates because I knew that my body, it wasn't the best thing to do for my body to cut all that water weight and to cut all this, you know, obviously and be dehydrated. Mm -hmm. So I knew, I guess the trade-off I was giving for it. Um, So I I don't ever tell my clients when they, especially when they say, Hey, I want, I want to lose 50 pounds in six months. Like, bro, you're already going into it with the wrong mind state. If that's what you want to do. Because yep. what happens after the six months, when you lose the 50 pounds, you go right back to it because you didn't get that actual emotion out of you. And something I had to learn exactly. is like, damn, I'm just starting to understand that's childhood trauma that I got to this point or not, maybe not completely childhood trauma, but it's a lot of it. Right. And it might be other things chalked up, but. And then things oh, lead up to other things. Like exactly when you were, when you were super big, like when you were 400 plus pounds, like what led you to continue like letting it get from 400 to 500? You know what I mean? Like right. you, I there had to be know. new emotions involved or new things that you were running away from kind of probably what, like yeah. kind of like getting down on yourself for eating and then fixing that by eating. So how my, how my mind was wired. Like I'm, I've always been like, anybody would tell you 
I've always been like the life of the party. I've always been the um, the person that just has, you can feel my energy when I come into the room. So my thing was, I was always just putting so much love into other people and, you know, making people happy as opposed to putting that into myself and truly having self-love and discipline. Um, so not eating when I didn't need to eat, you know, um, discipline is a, like, you, I'm, I'm sure you heard the saying, discipline is the biggest form of self-love. And and so there's many times I started my weight loss journeys when I quote unquote failed because I would break on eating fast food or going back to eating. And a mm. lot of that was because, um, you know, like I said, I didn't have discipline and I, I wasn't ready to make the, the change. I wasn't ready to make that commitment. But the last time around when I started November 5th, 2018 to July 24th of 2020, I knew no matter what this time around it just made sense like it was just right for me like everything was aligned like I got I manifested the job that I needed to pay for what I wanted to to get me in the mind state to where I can pay my bills and work out and stay in this tunnel nothing else is fucking with me but it took me a, a lot of failed attempts to get to that point um and it wasn't just and I felt a lot of emotions you know the last time around it was nothing but even though I'm I'm crying in this moment. I know that ultimately what I'm doing is, be is best for my body and best for my future and best for my generations and best for my, you know, nations that I'm building. And that's how I kind of broke it down, you know, on multiple levels, not just, oh, I want to look good for girls. I want to do this. Like the chickenitas are coming for me now. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot bigger than um, what the scale says, you know. So, yeah, I know that's a long answer, but it was, you know, really all that that kind of got me through but well, yeah just got me through that journey and you know not dealing with or not breaking with the uh, the time frame you know yeah i mean i feel like a question like that kind of did warrant a long answer long answer yeah yeah um, um yeah that's what i get a lot thing. though is, is oh go ahead yeah go ahead no go ahead i wanted to say something after uh yeah like one of the questions i get though is uh you know how did you stay motivated or how did you get inspired or inspiration is more so it um, I don't know the old terms of the, you know, our ancestors, how to talk about, you know, alignment with the stars and whatnot. But I do know how to say for myself, uh, when you have to be motivated, I feel like you're not, you're just, um, you're misaligned if you have to find something externally to mm -hmm. do it. And, and so for myself, now I can speak to it, like everything that I do, whether it's working out super intense or now learning about breath work or now wanting to do RF therapy or be vegan everything i've done is something that i that works for me and so if eating meat works for you or if playing badminton works for you with losing weight like do that do that shit that fucking works for yourself and you won't have to worry about you know losing motivation or inspiration because you're in line with who you are as a as a being of light and why you're here on this earth and continuing to move in that direction it took me some time to understand that um outside of you know the technical terms of you know Oh, you know, I, I was just dieting and exercise, you know, and following a plan and Definitely, sticking bro. to my 10 principles. So, yeah. What were you going to ask? I was going to ask because this is something that, I mean, I mentioned this before we got on here, but something that I talk about a lot when it comes to weight loss is taking shits. So oh, like yeah. somebody, somebody will come up to me and be like, I want to lose 50 pounds in X amount of months. I'm like, shit, you could <laughs> probably lose that in 30 days just by taking shits if you fast. Yeah. But then, like, what good is that doing if you're just going to put all the shit back in? So I'm just curious, like, do you think, you know, you lost, like, what, 300 pounds, you said? 
Yeah. How much of that realistically do you think was just in your intestines? Like how much do you think of it? You actually just shit out into the toilet. I would definitely say I've, I've eaten more than half of Arizona. So definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the shit that came out of me was definitely, uh, man, because here's the thing, like during my journey, you know, the, the, the con the misinformation i guess it's put out there you have to eat to lose weight there's so many trainers and again no knock mm. to my trainer who helped who was there for me on my journey i think there's just there's more information out there now that i've come across but a lot of trainers will tell their obese clients you have to eat to lose weight and now that i'm at this point i would never tell anybody that right i would that never tell like somebody yeah that no and sense. right and we know Unless that it's fruit know, maybe right exactly now i understand how it would be hey with my recommended foods for my my brand, I have a workshop that tells people how to grow food, and that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I tell people is nope. like, damn, I need to get more information about fruit and you know what this does to the body and the each you know each fruits you know sequence in the body how it breaks down. Regardless, that would be the only thing I would tell people to consume or quote unquote overconsume if they get that emotional, if they feel like they can't deal with it in the moment. Regardless, um, I definitely shit out hundreds of pounds. Um, because I, you know, I've, <laughs> as a kid, I've, I've always had that swollen colon that you've talked about. And I realize that now because the way my farts would, you know, now, like with hindsight, I know like, damn, I was farting like this at a crazy age, at a young age. I shouldn't have been because I was overconsumed with things that, that didn't need, need to be in my body. So now when I fast, you know, day three, there's still shit coming out. I know that, you know, that if I had I done that from the beginning and just done functional workouts and breath work, you know, that probably would have just been just as effective. Maybe not the same time frame, but it would definitely have been the same effect of just not eating, fasting, shitting out, and just um, working out with breath work and sunlight. And that's going to keep the my skin tight, uh, my body loose, where I'm just, you know, staying in a healthy mind state. And also, I'm not over-consuming, you know, animals that don't need to be in my body or um, conventional food, which a lot of people, you know, in the industry could eat conventional food as opposed to organic and, you know, all mm-hmm. the chemicals and how that can make you more feminine and, you know, like just takes people off of their journey. So, um, yeah, like I would definitely say I shit a lot. Um, but I also, you know, like the last eight months of, or six months of my journey, I started eating more organic food. Um, and so I think that helped out a lot. I'm not going to say, I think I know for sure it did. Um, because I, you know, I knew where the places I was getting it from for the most part, if I would go to the farmer's markets and stuff. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, if you ever have clients, um, I know you already know this, but you know, at least for myself, I can definitely speak to with hindsight, I would have, I would have went with a, a different approach, you know, definitely with the fasting, um, and just functional workouts and breath work and definitely sunlight. Sunlight's the biggest thing. Uh, I think more sunlight than anything. Is huge, bro. Yeah, I'm blessed. That That's I another thing I was going to tell you for your skin. The more time you let the sun hit it, the better. Yeah. Every time, uh, like we have a mountain, oh, a, couple, a lot of mountains out here. Uh, one of them is a uh, North mountain and people always catch me out there with the sun out. Um, or want me with my, with my shirt off because I'm not embarrassed of my loose skin, but I I'm really ultimately doing it not to, you know, Hey, look at me, but it's like, yo, this fucking sun is great for my skin and tightening it up. I'm just getting in this. I'm just exactly. getting in Exactly. So, um, that's one of those things that, um, you know, had I had some, had that, inf- that game from the beginning shit, if I would have fasted from the beginning, I probably would have got those downloads 
you know, for my future self, like the movie Interstellar and fucking told myself, yo, bro, just fucking fast, functional workouts, breath work, and uh, <laughs> you're going to be able to do it. I promise you. Shit. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't go easy on clients that come to me to lose weight. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely more centered in like the the diet stuff more than I am the workout stuff for them. It right. depends on the person, but most of the time people don't come to me to learn the workouts that I do. Mostly it's like they just look for recommendations and mostly I'm just like, move your fucking body and breathe through your nose. Just right. do something. Do At this something. point, like if you're just trying to lose weight and get in like somewhat like normal shape, like just move your body, do whatever you like. If that's running, if that's, you know, swimming, whatever the fuck it is, just move your body and do something every day. Yeah. Do 100 pushups every day. And you can also is. tell them like, what I think is going to be cool, which you do a lot of it, you you give a lot of game on how the powers that be work. I mean, there's only so much you can do because you're you're in a fucking jail on Instagram. But uh, you know, it, what's cool is because you say you you don't go easy on clients, letting people know like it's not your fault that you feel this shitty, like that you feel overconsumed. Like the powers that be really made an environment where you're overstimulated, where you're constantly around your neighbors. You know, seeing them eat or seeing your mom feel this way or your dad do this way or, you know, you're not aligned with who you are meant to be because you're in a shitty predicament. What you have to do is, you know, I guess what, um, you know, like letting people know how to fast is, you know, I'm sure you know that uh, integration period, I guess. Um, definitely. But definitely letting people know. I, I'm trying to articulate it. Um just letting people know how the the, the power dynamic, yeah, like of society and shit. Exactly, and way, yeah. Like how designed for this? Exactly, and so yeah. I think another that's what I would add to I've that, dealt though. with before. Uh, like another thing I would add to that is that, like, I definitely do make a lot of points on how like the society is kind of built this way to make mm -hmm. people experience this type of shit, yeah. but also that like we do need to take accountability for our own shit. Right. Where, like you know, we still did the shit. Like, Amen. even though the society is meant to, like, you know, make the rats run in one path, like, we still <laughs> ran in the path, you know? Right. And now, like, because we were able to do it to ourselves, we allowed ourselves to be fooled in this sense. We are the ones who can take back that control. Like, we're the ones who can fix the problem because, really, we are the ones that allowed it to be caused. And we got to be account. We got to hold ourselves accountable for, for what it is. That, that accountability is uh, is definitely the biggest thing. I was, or one, a second, probably, the biggest thing to, to discipline, you know? Yeah, and that line of mental balance is very thin. It's like just enough where like just enough accountability where you're not down on yourself and you don't hate yourself for being responsible for where you're at, but also like you are taking accountability for your role that you played in where you are now and that role being translated into your ability to change that. Right. Yeah, I had to let go. I had to go through that phase of why me? Why was I, you know, yep. why was I born into a family that didn't know anything about weight loss or healthy lifestyle or vegan or meat or whatever. And then I got to a point of like, it doesn't matter. This is what, this is how the chips are like, you know, are, are, this is what my power is. This is what I can do. This is how the body works. These are, these are the people I can surround myself with. And I, and if I don't have them surrounded around me, I can go look for them and find them and, and seek them out and get these, um, so that way I can make the changes I need to because nobody else is going to fucking do it for me. Exactly. Yeah. And usually I start people out with fruit. Okay. Like I definitely wouldn't have anybody that's overweight just jump into a fast out of nowhere because they yeah. can't handle it. Like, you're average, like 99% of people can't handle it. Shit. I did, yeah. 
No, and and not only that, they're gonna look at you like you're crazy. Cause eat me, I obviously have the longest I went was 64 hours. Um, even myself, uh, when I when when I tell people 64 hours, they're like, what? Huh? Like they don't even the the possibility of even going past you know three days, five days, ten days, forty, fifty, a hundred days is you know not something they're not even. It's open unfathomable to, to people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I always recommend the feast before the fast. I'll tell people, yo, get watery fruits, watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew, berries, oranges, whatever. And as long as it's watery, like no dry dates or bananas or anything, but like any watery fruit, papaya, cucumbers, whatever. And eat as much of that shit as you fucking want. Literally go ham on fruit between like 11 a.m. and like 7 p.m. Just go nuts. And let them do that for, it depends, usually like at least a week to like three or four weeks. And oh, then shit. only yeah. once they're gone, like, you know, they'll shit out and lose like a good 30 pounds just from that, some people. Um, and, and of course, it depends on how big people are. Some people want to lose weight and they only want to lose 20 pounds total. And most of it is just like not even poop, it's like just skin stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, like subcutaneous. Mucus, swelling. excess mucus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, most of the people that come to me for weight loss need to lo- like, or at least want to lose like, at least like fifty to hundred pounds. Um, and a lot of them do it. It really depends. The only people that don't do it are the people that quit. You know, but everybody who sticks out the fast goes through it. They call me crying. They call me freaking out. They're saying I can't do it. And then you know the the ones who stick through it. When I say guys, like if you don't give in today. And you just need to get to the point where you can go to bed tomorrow. Like win the small cycle. Just like get through this hour. Get through this next hour. Get through this next breath. Get through like, you know, whatever it is. And just win those small cycles. Just set small goals. And just be like, all right, I'm going to get through today. I'm going to get through like until this next hour. Yeah. Yeah. And just like keep pushing through those little small cycles. And then eventually like you see the big picture and you're like, oh, wow. I've been going hour by hour, but it's been a month. Holy shit. You know? Yeah, that's uh, that's how my bro- my brain breaks down. Uh, breaks you have down, to, bro. You have yeah. to, because otherwise the mind the mind can either trick you into thinking it's a lot worse than it is, or that it's a lot better than it is. Until um, you're fully, uh, until, until you're, you're fully trained, yeah. It's a tool, you know. The mind can be a good student with a bad master. You have to you have to use the mind as a tool to help you or hurt you. You know, it's up to you how you use your mind. But it is a tool that's going to be used no matter how you you know whether or not you use it for good or evil. And evil is just live backwards. You know whether you use it to bring yourself into alignment or out of alignment, but and that's yeah, another I mean, that's another thing they be putting on our TV, uh, evil all the time. Yeah, it's, um, uh, there's a lot of stuff as far as the society goes and shit. I know we wanted to touch on this. We're almost at the two hour mark. I mean, if we want, if you want to talk about some of the sovereignty stuff, we could totally talk about it. I um, we well, I, I, so I actually have. I was gonna say I actually have my podcast right now in about an hour. So um, oh, true. So, but but what I was gonna say, uh, because we when we talked on a lot of different topics, the sovereignty, uh, or, or correcting status of something we can do with uh, my business partner uh, for my my podcast, Elevated Melanated, we can do like a collab on that, so that way Dope. your audience understands how to how it's full circle, and then you and I can also do one. I was thinking about like for like obese clients or not just obese but overweight. You know, we can kind of do it on a how to get rid of waste essentially and maybe maybe taking the word obese away from it and putting on as waste 
because essentially we both know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's yeah. a different way people maybe I'm I'm always constantly trying to find different ways to be more effective for people's weight loss because ultimately mm-hmm. like it comes down to stop bullshitting, you know, like you and I can chalk it yeah. up to that. Like you say, you're not being easy on it because there's only one way to do it. It's only do. Um but you know like the only thing it, in your way is you too, you know? Right. But for I like business, to say you are the disease and you are the cure. Like it's, and it's the all cure. You know, Ooh, I like that. Hell yeah. Well, I was going to say, because from a business perspective, you know, rewording it uh, and having like a workshop like that or like a mindset or like a, like a virtual um, a workshop is that could be wording it to people understand like um, it's more digestible, you know, because for, just from a business standpoint, that's all, you know. Definitely. Yeah. I think a collab workshop for me and you would be pretty fucking dope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna have and to I'll definitely come on your podcast if that invite is up there. Oh, we'll fuck yeah. There. Fuck yeah, it is. Um, especially after we post this live, I already know I'm going to get a lot more people, um, you know, at, asking questions. You know, I'm going to post a lot of my points, your points, and then that's going to even open up more, um, I just more, uh, what's the word, more demand for like, yo, what does this guy have to say? And um, I mean, I know a lot of people already know what you've been saying. You have a really big following as well, but just um how that can how that can help um you know become not just free on paper but become free in your mind and free as you really move you know in your own body exactly yeah there's, yep. there's levels to the sovereignty shit their, too yeah and people are a lot of people are prisoners in their own body you know as opposed to you know being free so yep definitely bro all, All right, right well, we could wrap it up here. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, this is the Grow From The Garden podcast, episode 12. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to kind of tell people where they can find you, you know, your Instagram, your website, everything, feel free yes, to sir. Uh, do that. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, so um, if you guys want to go to my website, it's yearroundfinesse.com. Uh, if you want to schedule a consultation with me, um, most majority of my people, obviously, want to lose weight but um i am a i do have a uh, a process where i can help you go through that process so um i should say principles my man i'm driving um yeah you're on finesse.com um i do have functional fitness which is my fitness business um i do i will be traveling to different states um just to get people's body moving and helping them with accountability as well so functional fitness and then finesse farms is why uh my business where we show people how to grow food um, for themselves. It's called uh, Finesse Farms. Eventually, towards the end of the year, I will have my own farm. So, yeah, man, I appreciate the um, I appreciate the invite on there and, and, and opening me up to your guests and to your people. And the people, for the people whose questions, I do appreciate the, um, yeah, positive vibes everywhere. Yeah, bro. Thank you for coming on again, everybody. Thank you for joining. You can check out my stuff at thecaputomethod.com. Follow me on Instagram at grubfromthegarden, and I'm on every other platform as the Caputo Method. So, yeah, thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode, everybody. Much love. Peace. Peace. All right, brother.